2: The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live.
1: Kyle Busch for the final time of the Long Pond straightaway. The only other driver that can take it from him is Kyle Larson. Kyle Busch across the tunnel turn for the final time. And has a healthy lead off of turn number two for the
3: final time. Now Kyle Busch slows a bit into turn number three has the entire length of the short shoot between himself and Kyle Larson. It's Busch off turn three.
4: Kyle Busch with only fourth gear comes off turn three checkered flag in the air and kyle bush wins at pocono kyle bush picks up his second win of the season he wins the explore the pocono mountains 350.
2: nascar live is brought to you by wheeling engineering a global leader in the emergency warning industry trusted to perform since 1952 by xfinity x5 internet that's more than just fast xfinity proud premier partner of nascar And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina,
1: here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you for our weekly get-together, a get-together that is going to feature a lot of items, including previewing the NASCAR Cup Series, making its maiden voyage into Road America this weekend. Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, the next stop for the NASCAR Cup Series. We'll chat about Road America coming up as we get ready for our venture behind the cheddar curtain this weekend. We're also on today's show going to pay tribute to the late NASCAR Hall of Famer Jack Ingram, who passed away last week. Ryan Blaney is also going to stop by over the weekend. They had a great run, plus some news coming out of the 12 car at Team Penske. We'll elaborate more on that coming up as well. Michael McDowell is going to help us look ahead to racing at Elkhart Lake. He's won there before in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. He'll be in the Cup race this weekend. Plus, I'll chat with Ben Kennedy about some great news that was bestowed upon NASCAR last week and a whole lot more. But first to get us started, Kyle Rickey is here with the latest in NASCAR news. Kyle,
3: Mike Hendrick Motorsports has promoted Jeff Gordon to role of vice chairman of the team effective immediately. Gordon, who won four NASCAR Cup Series championships for the team as a driver, has been an equity owner within the team since 1999. Gordon says now is a perfect time to elevate his role with the organization.
4: I realize that this is where my true passion, you know, lies. I love the sport, I love racing, but the competition and, and you know being uh, partnered with one of the best owners that there will ever be in NASCAR—that uh, that's really what I was getting excited about. Looking ahead,
3: Gordon retired from driving following the 2015 season and has worked with Fox Sports as an analyst since 2016, and will remain in that role through the rest of this season. And NASCAR heads to Road America in Wisconsin this weekend for a busy two days with the NASCAR Xfinity Series and the NASCAR Cup Series, which has never visited the 14-turn, four-mile course. The Xfinity Series has been racing there, however, since 2010, and defending champion and defending road america winner austin Sindrick. can't wait to get back there i am so excited about
4: just i I, if if i wasn't driving that weekend i'd be going Um, i think that part of the country is has such a passionate you know short track racing fan base that a cup race has has been absent from that part of the country so um that in road america is just an awesome place awesome racetrack Uh, doing double duty there. Uh, My braking foot's going to be worn out, but I don't really care. It's going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully uh, hopefully we can have some strong
3: runs. Our live coverage of Saturday's Xfinity Series race is set for 2 p.m. Eastern time, while our Cup Series coverage begins on Sunday at 1.30
1: Eastern. Mike? Coming up, a tribute to Jack Ingram, and later, my conversation with Ryan Blaney.
2: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
1: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Jack Ingram, an inductee into the NASCAR Hall of Fame and the National Motorsports Press Association Hall of Fame, passed away at the age of 84 Friday morning. Jack won the inaugural 1982 championship in what is now the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and he claimed that title again in 1985. He was later inducted into the NMPA Hall of Fame in 1997 and the NASCAR Hall of Fame in 2014. We at the Motor Racing Network want to take this time to remember a racing legend
4: dead heat door to door. They slam into each other, trade sheet metal, but Jack Ingram is going to win at the start-finish line by one car length as the two cars came together.
0: NASCAR lost one of its best last week with the passing of Hall of Famer Jack Ingram. Known as the Iron Man, Ingram was a force on the short tracks, primarily in North Carolina, Virginia and Tennessee. He won 286 races in the old NASCAR late model sportsman division and was the champion for three straight years from 1972 to 1974. It was during that time Ingram earned his Iron Man moniker.
6: In Labor Day weekend. Uh, 1973 we went to Columbia, South Carolina on Thursday night and I won a double point race, 100 lap feature. Went to Beltsville, Maryland Saturday night and run third in a national championship. Coburn, Virginia Saturday night won a 300 lap national championship. Maryville, Tennessee Sunday won a 300 lap national championship. St. Paul, Minnesota Monday I run fifth in a 500 lap national championship. Nashville, Tennessee that night I run In a 200-lapper, I run uh, third in a regional championship, which all counted on national points. 1,750 laps in competition in one weekend.
0: When it later became the Bush Grand National Series, Ingram just kept on winning. In 1982, he led the series in victories, including one at Martinsville, where he was interviewed in victory lane by another future Hall of Famer, Ned Jarrett.
6: Congratulations on your first win here at Martinsville. Well, I certainly am uh, happy. I couldn't be more pleased uh, to come here and win. I I certainly want to give congratulations to Dale Jarrett. He ran an awful strong race. As a matter of fact, I really didn't think I'd get by him.
0: Speaking of Dale Jarrett, he and Ingram were inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame the same year, 2014.
6: I learned a lot from
7: jack ingram i watched him literally as a kid and i'm not saying he's that much older but i did working at hickory speedway and just to watch him week after week there after i was finished selling popcorn or cokes or whatever it was that night just to watch him maneuver his race car and then when i got the opportunity to race against jack there were so many lessons jack was very gracious to help me to answer questions, and I realized that he wasn't telling me everything that he knew, but he would tell me enough that it it really would help me, whether it was about chassis setups, understanding the cars, and then getting on the racetrack. Those are just lessons that you, you know, it is costing you money, so in one way I was paying for the lessons that I was getting, but just a tremendous competitor, and you know, you get him on any short track in the country, you you knew that he was going to be the person to beat, but Jack Ingram, I don't think he got enough credit for how good he was on the bigger racetracks, too, and uh, to know that this is someone that went like a lot of the, the early competitors that, that got in, the Junior Johnsons, my dad, those people that literally worked on their race cars all the time and built them. That's what Jack Ingram was about, one of the pioneers and just a good person and well-deserving of being in the Hall of Fame.
0: Another Jarrett and another Hickory racer, former Motor Racing Network pit reporter Glenn Jarrett, also offered high praise for Ingram. He was the standard
8: to which we all aspired. You know, he was the guy that uh, that we look forward to uh, to racing against. And if you came from away from the racetrack and you had beaten Jack Ingram, you knew you'd done a pretty doggone good job.
0: Indeed, Hickory was a big part of the Iron Man's career, and fittingly, his last victory came there in 1987.
7: Ingram gets a good jump on the outside and pulls away from Bodine in Turn One.
6: Hickory was. Uh, At the time, I was winning some races over there and some championships. It was the biggest name short track in the country. And uh, there's a lot of people in that Hall of Fame, some going to be in the Hall of Fame. It basically raced, started off at Hickory. And uh, when it was dirt and become asphalt, uh, I started racing with Ned over there, and he turned it into asphalt and there, Jarrett. And the following year, won the track championship there. And I uh, also won again in 71, and I'm certainly proud to win the track. Because you go over there, there's 25 guys. You're talking about Harry Gantt, Butch Lindley, Tommy Houston, just on and on and on. And then these guys that come in from up in Virginia, it was about the toughest place in the world to win a race. I won one race over as a 300-lap winner's only championship. You'd have to win a NASCAR race in order to win, and they had Bobby and Allison, Donnie Allison, Red Farmer and Freddy Fryer and everybody down in Alabama and Tennessee and Darrell Waltrip, I gotta say this, he'd come and try, didn't make the race.
0: Ingram was named the Bush Series' most popular driver in 1982 and won the championship. He repeated as champion in 1985 and won 31 races after the series name change. Many believe he won hundreds more races at non-sanctioned events. When he retired in 1991, he held the record for most wins in the Bush Series, and that stood until Mark Martin broke it in 1997. Jack Ingram was 84 years old. Thank you, Woody. What a contributor to this sport, Jack Ingram. One of
1: those dominating legendary drivers that punctuate the NASCAR landscape. Jack may be gone, but he will never, ever forgotten coming up i'll sit down with ryan blaney and later michael mcdowell will stop by
2: today's broadcast is brought to you by blue emu maximum pain relief the official pain relief cream of the motor racing network
9: this nascar season every member of the toyota racing team is doing their part to take the trophy home
1: Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Last week, I had a chance to catch up with Ryan Blaney. Here's a piece of that conversation. Before we uh, get into the nuts and bolts of Pocono this weekend, what about since you guys won at Atlanta? You're playoff qualified. You're working towards that. What's life been like since that win? And how have things changed now that it seems like Hendrick has bubbled to the surface. What's it like trying to get things together to try to go toe to toe with those guys every week?
4: Yeah, I mean they definitely have their stuff together uh, right now, you know. And, and the five car in general has been pretty spectacular over the past month, you know. And um, so yeah, they've and their whole, whole group, you know, their whole group has been been really fast. So uh, I think we're we're inching our way towards being to where we need to be to compete with those guys. Um, so I think that's just the biggest thing is trying to figure out. You know where they've found a lot of speed, because uh, you know obviously Atlanta, we were able to run with them and and beat them, and then since then I think they found a little bit, and and uh, we've just been searching for some some speed to keep up. So uh, you know I, I like to think that we're we're making good progress. Hopefully it shows this weekend at Pocono. Um, It'll be nice to have two races there back to back to kind of work on some stuff and maybe try a few things day to day, but. Um, yeah, we're, we're working hard and, and uh, trying to catch up a little bit. Uh, but hopefully we get there soon. A little bit goes a long way. Uh, so we're, hopefully we find a little bit here and there, and that can you know, pay off pretty big.
1: You know, in some folks' minds, when we hear a team that's saying, well, we're trying to gain on them, we're trying to gain on them, they think seconds or, you know, days. You know, that's the separation. But this sport is, is like minute measurements. How much are you fighting for? Are you fighting for tenths or hundredths right now?
4: Yeah. I mean, you're fighting for, for tents, you know, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not much. And, you know, a 10th on a race car or two tenths of speed on a race car is a, a super, super small find in your car, whether it's aero or mechanical um, setup stuff that, that, you know, little things make a big difference. And especially, you know, how strictly NASCAR has been with tech this year, um, you know, with any little tiny thing that you can find that, oh, maybe I gained some rear downforce here uh, just by moving something a thousandth of an inch. Um, that that makes a lot of speed. So um, that's all it takes. Uh, like I said, it's, it's not complete overhaul of things or, or changing something inches on these cars. You know, it's it's thousands of an inch that make a big difference. So those are the things that, you know, can take time. Uh, you don't want them to take time when you're kind of where, you know, you're, when you're looking for speed, but it's very, very small details. Um, that they make a big difference in this sport. And uh, you just try to utilize and maximize all the stuff that you can find and apply it. And hopefully it works.
1: We are 11 races into a 16 week run next up after Pocono, we're going to road America for the first time, got Atlanta New Hampshire, Watkins Glen, Indianapolis, Michigan, Daytona, before the playoffs begin. But until that off weekend, you got some interesting races, road America. You've never been there in the cup series. What do you think we can expect when we go up to Elkhart Lake?
4: I love road America. Um, I got a chance to run an Xfinity race. I want to say in 2015 or 16 up there and uh, we're on second to Paul Menard, uh, actually in that race. Um, but I, I love it. It's a great racetrack. Um, I think it's perfect for the cup cars to go up there. I'll tell you, the people around there, Wisconsin, Elkhart Lake, they love NASCAR. They love, they love racing in general. And you know, there was a, it was packed out when the Xfinity, when we ran up there and, i can't wait to see what it's like when we bring the cup cars up there for the first time crazy huge road course i think it's over four miles Uh, so it's a lot of corners and a lot of time to mess up and uh, you have to kind of hit your lap over four miles pretty perfect Um, but i I think it's great and it's it's huge you know menards is is based up in wisconsin it's uh up in eau claire so it's a big race for us you know kind of menards home race Um, but yeah, I love that racetrack and the fans up there are great. And I think it's going to put on a really good show.
1: It is a massive road course and it's a very technical road course, but it's, it's like a natural sweeping terrain stop, totally different from what we run. What's it like when you, when you launch up the hill at leaving turn five, making the left into six and you're out on the back 40 in the trees. I mean, there's a part of the racetrack where you're just shrouded in trees.
4: Yeah, it's, it's kind of surreal. Um, you know, it's, it feels like, you know, you're at a, you know, a road course, you know, out East, you know, in Europe or something like that, you know, like the Nerva ring to where it's just trees surrounding you. Uh, And I think that's great, you know, that they have kept a lot of it. I love the road courses that have kept a lot of, uh, you know, like the natural trees there and and just kind of how they used to be and just building it through the woods. You know, that's what they all were like, but then they have a good area for fans to watch too. So um, like you said, it's very like sweeping uh, a lot of, a lot of momentum corners, a lot of fast straightaways into slow corners, you know, like the front stretch. And then, you know, after you get off turn two, uh, that, that long kind of, I guess you could call it the back straightaway or the second front stretch. Uh, so that that part I think is, is gonna be really cool. Um, and I can't wait to see our cup cars really, we're gonna be going really fast and then have to slow down a lot. So that's huge outbreaking corners, which I think just put on great shows. We all love that.
1: So we got the double at Pocono, Road America, and then Atlanta and New Hampshire, then a two-week break. I don't believe we've ever had one of those. What is that two-week break going to be like, and what kind of opportunities does that afford you guys as a race team to regroup before we set sail and basically race it all the way to Phoenix in the championship race?
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, the two weeks there for the Olympics, um, you know, I think it's a good idea. Uh, You know, it it gives everybody time to kind of prepare for the playoffs, you know, because we, like you said, when we come back from that, it's, all the way to the end of the season, you know, no weeks off. And, and the playoffs start not too long after that. Um, so you can really sit down with your team, figure out what you need to do for the playoffs. And and to, to end the run of the regular season is big, too. Trying to have good momentum going into the playoffs is big. You know, big for morale, big for confidence on everybody, uh, and to try to get your race cars where they need to be as far as speed-wise. Um, so, yeah, that would that, just be a lot of work at the race shops and, and trying to figure out what we got to do and what we got to get better at um, as well as giving everyone a break. who has been on the road a bunch, you know, and, and working their butts off in the hot summer, summer months. So um, yeah, I don't really have much plans uh, other than trying to get ready for finish out the year.
1: Since that conversation that I had with Ryan Blaney, we learned that his crew chief, Todd Gordon will be stepping away from the pit box at the conclusion of this racing season. Matter of fact, Todd Gordon joined Pete Pistone and me on Monday morning on the morning drive on Sirius XM NASCAR radio channel 90 to explain that decision. Yeah.
11: um, I, 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 you know, it's, it's just one of those things that you, you look at any life and there's several chapters in it. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's been an awesome run here at team Penske and, and really, really happy and and fortunate to have the opportunities that I had here. But, um, when you look at it going forward, this is my 23rd year and down here in NASCAR and 10 years in cup series. And, and, uh, you know, just made a family decision that this'll, this'll be my last year, um, sitting on a pit box. I'm, uh, I'm going to make the, the transition to something else and, and a new chapter of life. Not sure what that's going to be, but looking to have a little more family time. And, uh, you know, I've got two daughters, one in college and one in high school and, and uh, you know, just just blessed with the opportunities that I've had to this point, and and uh, looking forward to to just making a little bit more of a priority out of the family time, and and uh, you know, see what 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 transpires in the future. But at the end of the season this year, I'll uh, I'll I'll be vacating the the pit box for the 12 team, and um, you know, just just trying to trying to make a focus on on some of the family things and you know, it's, it's those, the family is important. And that's one of the things that, you know, through the pandemic, it, it makes you, makes you for everybody. It makes you start seeing those things and had some of this a couple of years ago and, and thoughts and, and just trying to find the timing for it, but felt this was uh this was the right time to, to go ahead and, and make that transition to the next chapter of my life. And uh, we'll see where that pains out to be.
1: Todd Gordon, a very talented championship winning crew chief. He will be missed not only with Team Penske, but also across the whole NASCAR garage as well. Coming up, Michael McDowell. And later, we'll preview this weekend's action at Road America.
9: NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team.
5: Start those
9: cameras up! Yeah! push greater things this year everyone plays a part be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing toyota let's go places nascar is a registered trademark of national association for stock car auto racing inc
2: this is nascar live michael mcdowell two-car link lead brendan gone drives it in deep he can't make
0: it stick slips a little it's now Michael McDowell with about a two-car length lead as they make the turn through turn 13. Michael McDowell thundering down the short shoot. Brendan
12: gone. two car lengths back. Now one car length back as they work into turn number 14. McDowell on
1: the bottom. Here comes Brendan Gone as they come up the hill. It's a drag race up the hill. Who's it going to be, McDowell or Brendan Gone? Brendan gone cannot shut down the distance checkered flag in the air and the road america 180 belongs to michael mcdowell now back to mike bagley that's how it sounded five years ago when michael mcdowell took home the checkered flag at road america in elkhart lake wisconsin michael mcdowell winning the nascar xfinity series race up there at one of the legendary road courses that dot the landscape across this country he along with the rest of the nascar cup series we're set to head to that road course this 4th of July weekend. Our Woody Kane had a chance to catch up with Michael McDowell ahead of this weekend's festivities.
0: The Daytona 500 winner coming off the Pocono Double. Michael finishes in the teens, but you led some laps in both races, and it felt like you guys were up there mixing it up for a while, but those were two radically different races. I was just fascinated by how different Sunday was then Saturday, the whole fuel mileage game came into play. Do you like that kind of
8: stuff generally, or would you rather just go out there and duke it out? Well, yesterday, I'd rather it not have been a fuel mileage race, but, um, you know, I do like having the strategy mixed in there, and, um, you know, it is a fun race because of that. You're always trying to make lap time. You're trying to not only pit, but pit when you come out, have clean air so that you can make that lap time so that when you do pull that strategy later on, you have track position. So, um, it's a game inside the game itself, which, it, which is fun. Uh, it didn't work out great for us yesterday. Um, we knew we were about four laps short, and there was pretty much no way we were going to get uh, to the end, so we went ahead and pitted early to try to get it done, knowing that we wouldn't make it to the end just in case a caution came out. We could maybe cycle back up to the front. Um, but this didn't work out. But, um, you know, we did have good speed yesterday in, in our, uh, our Ford Mustang. And I uh, thought that we had a shot at a top 10. And uh, strategy just didn't play out quite right there at the end for us. But um, we were hoping some more guys would run out of fuel. Uh, we got close to getting a couple more that were out of gas, but not quite there. So um, all in all, a good weekend. Led some laps in both days. Got some stage points, uh, two top 20s. And so it's um, a solid day for
0: sure. Let's talk a little bit about this coming weekend, Road America with Cup Cars. We've seen the Xfinity Series there for several years, and you won at that track in 2016. But let's start with this. A four-mile, 14-turn racetrack is what they say, but I'm doing air quotes. Is it really 14, or are some of them kind of, eh, not quite?
8: yeah i would say not quite you know they they count the little little bend off a of turn one uh, a turn and so you know there's a couple extra corners in there that i wouldn't count corners and i don't really i don't even really think about it from number standpoint you know I, I you know i think about canada corner the kink the carousel uh you know the thunder valley hurry downs you know so i don't really think too much about the actual corner numbers uh, but it's a great racetrack in such a beautiful part of the country and, and just an amazing racetrack. I mean, like you said, uh, over four miles long, uh, elevation changes, long straightaways, hard braking zones, tight, twisty, high speed. It's pretty much got everything.
0: When you hear people say this is a proper road course, is that what they're referring to? All the different things, the tight corners, the elevation changes, that type of stuff. What does that terminology mean, proper road course?
8: yeah when I when I think about it, it is a proper road course, and there's there's several of them in in the US. I think just a traditional uh, road course in the sense that it's not a rollable, it's not a, a makeshift road course. Uh, it's not a street course. Uh, but when I think of a proper one, you know it's those elements that we talked about, having elevation changes, having high speed, having low speed technical, having uh, long break zones for passing. And, you know, there's definitely tracks in the North America that are those proper road courses. And, uh, and we get to race on a couple of them. And so it's, uh, it's fun to be able to bring the cup cars, you know, to road America for the first time. Uh, obviously this is a race that I've, I've looked forward to our teams look forward to um, getting prepared for it. And, and, you know, I feel like there's a great opportunity for us to have a great show this weekend. When
0: you won back in 2016, you said how glad you were to finally be able to check that one off the bucket list. Why does Road America mean so much to you? I mean, you're a Phoenix guy, and you race all over the all over the country. Why? Why does Road America? Why is it so special to you?
8: Yeah, I think just the history of it. I think being an open wheel guy growing up, um, you know, that was always a big weekend Road America for indie cars and uh, for sports cars, and and so so many. Um, series race there, Trans Am. It's just a lot of great race cars there. Um, but for me, probably more than anything, is just uh, when I was running formula cars, you know, Road America was always on the schedule. And, you know, being in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona, growing up in the desert, when I would go to Road America, Wisconsin, it was like, I felt like I was on a different planet. Um, you know, just <laughs> all the trees and, and beautiful weather and, you know, just, just a really cool place. And I had success there early on too um, and, and, open wheel cars and, and winning races there. And, uh, so it's always been just one of my favorite tracks. I think when you, when you have success and, and you're able to go to victory lane that creates those memories and that bond there. And so it's always been a special place for me.
0: You've already got two top tens on road courses this season, the Daytona road course and then Coda circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. But when you go to road America, you'll be one of a handful of guys with a significant number of laps there. I think Christopher Bell's won there, Tyler Reddick's raced there several times, a handful of others. Will you have an, an advantage early or will it kind of dr- go through the weekend or will it, I mean, you guys have gotten to be experts over the last year at, at seeing a place for the first time and just jumping out there and going with no practice.
8: Yeah, it would, I think it would be better for, for us if there was no practice. Um, You know, just, I I think the reason I say that the drivers are so good, right. And, and the teams are so good that even though it's only 55 minutes or 50 minutes, they figure it out. And so that little bit of edge that we think we might have uh, just from having extra seat time and experience there really goes away after that first practice. But you know, I think on the on the flip side, like you said, we've had competitive cars with the road courses. We've been in the top 10 and, and, you know, we've been close to having top five speed at times. Um, so Road America might close the gap for us. Just, you know, obviously having uh, some confidence going there and and putting a lot of effort into this race and a lot of uh, time on the simulator to try to be prepared. Um, but road courses are crapshoots too. You know, it was Sonoma; we were in the top ten to the last corner, last lap. So you just never know at road courses. Uh, but having speed and and being there all day is is the key, and, and hopefully we'll be able to do that.
0: Just over a half dozen races left before the playoff field is set. Now we're coming down to it. I know we'll have that break for the Olympics there that will probably seem like, oh my gosh, where's racing? It's been forever. But when you look forward to that, you have mentioned before that it kind of gives you an opportunity to do some things that you might not otherwise be able to do in the regular season, knowing that your win locks you in. Now that you're a little bit closer, what are some of those things and what kinds of thoughts are running through your mind as as we move toward that time?
8: Yeah, just trying to win stages to gain any points that we can, um, you know, so strategy for Road America might be different than for others that are trying to to get a win or or playing it, you know, kind of the road course strategy with pitting with a couple to go in each stage. Um, if we're in a spot where we're running in the top four or five and and everybody peels off in front of us, we'll probably stay out and try to get those, you know, that extra point. Um, so, yeah, you can be a little bit more aggressive with the with the strategy. But, you know, at the same time, we all want to get results and, and finishes are what it's all about. So uh, you can't sacrifice your entire day or, you know, sacrifice a couple of races, um, you know, trying to be too, too, too clever, too smart. Um, so, you know, we'll just play stage by stage and see what we can do. Um, you know, it, it, we, we're getting closer to feeling like uh, we're locked in. Um, you know, they always talk about being locked in, but there's still an outside chance that we get some, some new winners. Um and, I know we per- say that
0: every year but we never quite seem to get the 16.
8: I know. I know and I hope we don't.
10: <laughs> <And> so <laughs>
8: um... But, you know, it's been a strong year for us, and, and we've stayed up there in the points as well. I think we're only a handful of points out of 14th right now. So, um, you know, we're in a good spot both both sides, with a win and with points. So hopefully we can keep that rolling and get, you know, the next four or five weeks have solid runs and, and make those road courses count. You know, not just Road America, but Watkins Glen and, and obviously going to Indy. You know, those are weeks that we need to have those top tens. We need to be contending for top fives because those are the weekends where we know we can do it. Um, And then that'll help us, you know, get set up for the playoffs.
1: Thank you, Woody. Coming up, a preview of this weekend's action at Road America. And later, I'll sit down with NASCAR's Ben Kennedy.
3: NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country, offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel. This show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast.
2: Whelan would like to congratulate Kyle Busch and his number 18 Joe Gibbs Racing Pit Crew for the win at Pocono Raceway. They are the Whelan Pit Crew of the Week. Despite dealing with transmission issues and low fuel, Busch and crew were able to outlast the field Sunday afternoon. Fortunately, we were just able to get back around and
4: get the the restart timed right and then just kind of start picking them off. And and we knew we were going to be close. We came
1: down that last time to top off um, to put us within a lap, lap and a half of being able to make it to the end. And I think I've been in that same situation here a few years ago, and we ran out of gas uh, on the last lap coming out of turn two, and, and we, we weren't able to win. So it was a
4: little bit of, uh, I guess, vindication um, that, that we came back from that one to be able to win
2: this one. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952.
1: Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. So glad you are with us. The NASCAR Cup Series is set to make its return to Road America in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, for the first time since 1956. One and only time that the Cup Series has raced at Road America this weekend will be its second. And they'll do it on Independence Day weekend. Our Kurt Becker helps us look ahead to this weekend's Cup Series
12: action the nascar cup series heads to elkhart lake wisconsin this fourth of july weekend to take on road america for the first time since 1956 the current season has been dominated by hendrick motorsports with alex bowman winning for the third time on the campaign saturday afternoon at pocono bowman will be among the few drivers that have experience at road america having raced there during his xfinity series days hendrick teammate william byron will also feel confident heading into the weekend given his past experience in the xfinity series
4: I'm excited for that course. I've been there in an Xfinity car. I think I finished six there and had a good run. I uh, felt like it was one of my best road courses finish-wise um, in the uh, in the Xfinity series, which I was excited about. So it's going to be more of the same, I think, um, going there in the cup car. Just have to have to make sure that the car turns well and make sure that you're good on bra- un- under braking. So I feel like um, for us, just going there, You know, our focus is just to just to be back to the basics on the road courses. We've had kind of a tough year on the road courses. But, um, you know, normally we're really good there. So uh, excited for that new track for the series, and I think it's gonna race
12: really well with our cars. Byron and Bowman are not alone in having Xfinity experience at Road America. Current Cup Series drivers Christopher Bell, a winner at the Daytona Road Course earlier this year, and Michael McDowell have both won at Elkhart Lake. Although he hasn't been to Victory Lane in Wisconsin, Ross Chastain joins this list of drivers who have made Xfinity starts at Road America. Before the season, I thought my best
4: road course race might be Road America, because like you said, I have a handful of starts there uh, in the Xfinity car and a lot of cup guys don't and and I felt like in the, in the 10 car with with college racing last year I felt like we took a big step at that race. Truth be told we've ran really good at Sonoma and Coda and I was like man like now I'm really you know excited and we'll probably go to Road America and be terrible but that's how nascar usually goes just as you think you start figuring something out it all goes the other direction but road courses this year i, I really have just been reacting in the car and i haven't really been very proactive with my driving which has worked but i want to know why it's working and on the ovals and nashville and different places i had a plan going in and i drove the car a certain way and it worked or it didn't and i adapted
12: but road course i truly just react every lap in every corner and so road america will be hopefully a hybrid of that. Tyler Reddick, sitting 15th in the current playoff standings, will also be hoping to lean on his experience from the Xfinity series as he looks to solidify his
13: playoff spot. Those that um, have gotten to experience it, uh, that are Xfinity drivers, that are now Cup drivers, I guess like my situation or, or some of the others out there that, that ran it years prior, understand how unforgiving of a place it can be. And, um, you know, I... I, I kind of wish we didn't have practice for all those Cup guys that have never been there before because, man, it, the amount of fun it was it would be until they figure it out that, that us guys that, that came from the Xfinity side would have over them because, I mean, it's just, it's a tough track. It's narrow, it's fast. Um, it, it Intimidated the daylights out of me because I was very bad at road course racing at the time and just, just couldn't, you know, I mean, you're, you're hauling the mail down the front straightaway down the back straightaway, um, into turn, uh, four and five there. I mean, it's, it's in, in Canada, Canada corner too. Uh, so it's, it's a, it's a very wild place. And, um, when you're gonna have the cup series there with the aggressive drivers that just like to sell it off in there into the corners, it's gonna create some, some great racing, gonna be some action for sure. Uh, and just like at Coda, and just like at Sonoma, we're gonna destroy these race cars. I just, I just hope that, uh, I don't tear mine up too bad because again, straightaways are pretty fast, so keeping the nose and, and the body. Straight's going to be important. While
12: experience could potentially end up being the deciding factor at Road America, don't discount Kyle Larson, who until a blown tire on Saturday was on his way to a fourth straight victory. He and his Hendrick teammate Chase Elliott, a road course maestro in his own right, have both won on traditional road courses this season at Sonoma and Circuit of the Americas respectively. Sunday's winner at Pocono, Kyle Busch, will also like his chances after getting a sneak peek at the track a week ago.
1: I'm looking forward to it. I went up there this last week and um, got some practice laps never seen in the place and, and ran around there and some sports car type stuff and got
4: some good seat time. And then, um, you know, hopefully all that kind of pays to what, uh,
1: what an Xfinity car will be like and what a cup car will be like, and I can be good.
12: Catch all this weekend's NASCAR Cup Series action at Road America, Sunday afternoon at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Motor Racing Network. Coming up, I'll chat with NASCAR's
1: Vice President of Racing Development, Ben Kennedy, and later this week in NASCAR history. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. So glad you're with us here on our weekly get-together, and we are pleased to be joined by NASCAR VP of Racing Development, Ben Kennedy. Ben, welcome back to NASCAR Live. How are we doing?
10: Good. How are you doing?
1: Fantastic, my friend. Fantastic. Just like we all are after getting the news last week that we had a very prestigious sports business award bestowed upon the sport. We talked about it over the weekend in Pocono. Wanted to bring you on to elaborate on it. Give us a little texture, a little context, and maybe explain a little bit the significance of this award as was bestowed upon us by our friends at Sports Business Journal last week.
10: Oh, it's amazing. And, you know, I think, you know, a a complete testament to the entire industry all coming together as one around, you know, getting back to racing last year, um, all the things that we did last June and July, the new introduction of team owners into our sport, the shakeup of the schedule, the next gen car. I mean, the the list just continues to go on and on. And it's really something to be proud of. You know, I was, um, I was down in Daytona as we got the news and it was there with Steve Phelps, who, uh, who, who did our acceptance speech um, last week. And it was it was really neat to see because I know there's so many people, um, you know, both within NASCAR, but even within our sport um, that really helped you know us get even the opportunity to be nominated for this award. But to actually get it, um, I, I think certainly paid a lot of dividends for all the hard work that everyone put into it.
1: And in case you missed the title of the award, NASCAR won Sports League of the Year, and it went toe-to-toe with NFL, WNBA, uh, NHL. There are a lot of other folks that were in the running for this. And this award was voted basically by the sports peers and everybody noticing the work that we did. Let's start first with the COVID response. You know, we talked to Steve. We talked to other folks. There was no page in the playbook for a COVID response. There's quite the hefty tab now, but every step that we took was a deliberate step, but it paid off so much so that when we returned to racing, other sports were watching us do what we did and even adopted some of our policies. That's got to mean a lot.
10: No, it it was amazing. And, you know, I think to that end too, um, you know, when the world stopped in that week of March 12th, 13th, and 14th, and we were supposed to go to Atlanta that weekend – you know the decisions that we made. First of all, to to go on pause with um, you know all the other sports leagues, I think was was naturally a very scary and difficult decision that we had to make. But um, which was what was really amazing is that time in late March and throughout April of really everyone coming together and thinking about you know how do we get um, you know the schedule back intact? How do we get the right protocols in place? How are we thinking about the weekend schedule differently? you know, without practice and qualifying and trying to keep our competitors and fans and everyone in the industry as safe as we possibly can. Um, To see the work that everyone did around that, I think is incredible. And I think it speaks volumes to part of the reason that we're able to go and and run at Darlington on on May 17th. And, you know, why we were able to introduce fans back to our tracks at Homestead, Miami, and then Talladega, um, and then be the only sport to get all of our events in last season. Um, through the 85 versions of the schedule that we went through. So um, a, a lot of different individuals that had to come together on that. I know a lot of work hours that were attributed to it uh, and a lot of people that, that really should be recognized for that. So it's, uh, it's a testament to not only the people here at NASCAR, but again, you know, the, the entire industry.
1: Couple other elements that have gone into this award, one of them being the strides that our sport made in the social justice department. That came last year around Talladega time. NASCAR took some pretty defined stances that got the attention of a lot of folks, including our race fans, but also people outside of the sport, too. That was a bold move that, quite frankly, the sport had not taken before. It's good to see that that was noticed by those around us and our peers in the industry as well.
10: No, it certainly was. And, you know, I think to that end, the the steps that we made in in June in particular, um, I think were really remarkable and, um, you know, certainly difficult decisions to your point. But, you know, I think the right decisions at the end of the day. And I think it's given us the opportunity to open the door to so many new fans um, to come out and and test our product and test our sport, see if they're open to it. Um, And even the, you know, the new ownership that's come on with, you know, Pitbull and, and Justin Marks and, you know, Michael Jordan and, and Denny Hamlin and even lift fast racing with Matt Tift and BJ McLeod. You know, I think it just continues to help drive this momentum that we currently have.
1: Appreciate the time as always. Uh, congratulations to everyone involved in winning this award and all the efforts that went into it. One more thing before you go, you talked about the schedule. 2022 is right around the corner when can we expect some some schedule announcements to start filtering out as far as where we're going and what we're doing next year
10: more to come on that front for sure
1: fair enough my friend fair enough thanks for joining us ben we'll catch up soon cool thank you guys appreciate it nascar vp of racing development ben kennedy more coming up on nascar live this is nascar live now back to mike bagley we're about to head for the exits on this week's nascar live but before we do It is time for This Week in NASCAR History, and with it is our Susie Armstrong.
5: Thanks, Mike. 1989, English rockers, fine young cannibals cooked up a few hits as Good Thing topped Billboard's Hot 100. Jerry Seinfeld and friends whipped up inane banter as NBC launched the show about nothing. Seinfeld. Ralph Macchio's voice was changing, and the plot wasn't, as Columbia Pictures churned out the much-maligned Karate Kid Part 3. And Davey Allison wrote the victory script at the World Center of Racing, holding off Morgan Shepard for the win in the Pepsi 400 at Daytona International Speedway.
12: Shepherd and Elliott will hook up and try to make a run at Davey Allison, but I don't believe they'll have enough. Davey Allison by two car
0: lengths through three, through four. Phil Parsons challenging for third. Engine builder Robert Yates figured out the riddle of the restrictor plate at Talladega. One last try for Morgan Shepard to take it away from Davey Allison here at Daytona. He can't do it. Davey Allison wins the pepsi 400 morgan shepherd
6: will finish second
0: 2000
5: carlos santana was platinum again as the smooth strains of maria maria wafted from cd players around the globe venus williams had the superior rally at wimbledon besting Lindsay davenport for her first grand slam title J.K. Rowling was on a roll, releasing the fourth book in the series, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And Jeff Burton was magic at Daytona, coveting the
12: draft for the final 40 in the Jack Roush Ford. Into turn four for the final time. Here's Dale Jarrett gathering momentum behind the race leader, but Jeff Burton moves down low to block. It's Burton in front off turn four.
3: Here they come, the final sprint to the tri-oval. Dale Jarrett's bid for three straight is gonna come up one spot short. Jeff Burton wins at Daytona. He takes the 42nd Pepsi 400 by just a couple of
4: feet over Dale Jarrett.
5: 2006, Rihanna needed no assistance at the top of the charts, number one with S.O.S. Michael Schumacher cemented a milestone at the Brickyard, winning a fifth U.S. Grand Prix, becoming the first to log five victories in any series at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom, and Keira Knightley set box office records as Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest, open to a run that would gross over $1 billion. And Tony Stewart seemed to be a gazillion times faster in the Joe Gibbs Chevy, driving to Daytona dominance in the 400-mile Midsummer Classic.
3: Top four single file, and Tony Stewart pulling away,
12: making three car lengths. Kurt Busch now as they work off turn number four. Caution flag is out for Debris on the racetrack. They've already taken the white flag, so they come off turn number four down to the start-finish line. Again, Debris, the caution, and the checkered flag is waving, and Tony Stewart is the winner of the Pepsi 400 at Daytona.
5: And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history.
1: Thank you, Susie. We'd also like to thank Ryan Blaney for spending time with us. Also, Michael McDowell and Ben Kennedy. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you as well for joining us, and we'll catch you next week right here with another edition of NASCAR Live. Happy Independence Day weekend. And from all of us at the Motor Racing Network, enjoy Road America. Until we speak again, so long, everyone. NASCAR Live is a
2: production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henryon and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.
3: NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country, offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel. This show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast.